You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. What holds you back from walking more closely with God? This is such an important question, and today I want to explore that and give you some tools on how you can walk more closely with God and the difference it will make in your life. My name is Laura Watson, and I am your host today of the 100 Huntley Street Podcast. Welcome, friends and listeners. We are so thankful you are joining us. Well, listen, that is a good question. What holds us back from walking more closely with God? I have to be honest with you. Since I was 17 years old and I chose to follow Jesus, I've been asking myself this question quite often. But as I get older, and you know, now I'm a a mom and a wife, and I may be entering my fourth decade. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to admit it fully. No, <laughs> but um, it's become more clear to me what holds me back. So one of the main things is when there's something in my life that I'm ashamed of and um, feel like I'm missing the mark on. And so this could be like a very out and out, open, sinful kind of behavior. So you know, whatever habit it is that's negative, or it could be a posture of my heart, or it also could be, um, my own, my own desires that like, you know, I want this for my life. And, and so kind of what holds me back from walking more closely with God is sort of this shame that, you know, I'm missing the mark. I'm not good enough. And maybe I have selfish desires and then I don't go to God with, you know, my daily needs as much. I don't walk as closely with him. But the amazing thing is we are invited to journey with God just as we are. You know, even when we are making rebellious choices, even when we are being self-serving or we are focused on meeting our own goals and we know that God's not asking us to do whatever item it is, but we're focused on it, God still says, just journey with me. Just walk with me a while. And, you know, it makes me think about Jesus and the disciples how those 12 disciples were called to follow Jesus in the middle of their everyday life, and they evolved while they were with Jesus. You know, you think about Peter, and he denied Jesus, you know, at a certain point after Jesus was crucified, because he was so terrified. And he denied him more than once. And, you know, yet Peter becomes, you know, the cornerstone of, um, you know, of God's plans to build the early church. And that's what the Bible calls him later. And so it's pretty profound when you think about the fact that, you know, God is on the journey with us and he just wants to be on the journey with us no matter where we're at. And actually it's really a, you know, a trick of the enemy of our souls to make us think that God, that we can't approach God when we're struggling with Um, bad behaviors or we're feeling like we're being selfish or whatever it is, because that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be saying to God, you know what? This is going on in my life. I've got this happening, but I just want to journey with you. I love you. And I don't know, I'm a mess, but here I am. So if there's any barrier you're finding in your life um, from allowing yourself to walk, draw closer to God, just start walking with him. And you know, that is the, (laughs) that is the heart of um, a book that I recently read, Walking Free, by author Micah Tyler. He is an incredible award-winning um, musician. You know, he has an incredible story of just trusting God. There was a point where um, at 27, he had two kids, and God really challenged him to be faithful and and go for it as a musician. 
And so he starts writing songs, but him and his wife decide, you know what, we're just going to follow where God is leading. And they sold over half of what they own. They bought a mobile home. They did every kind of job they had to do, drive delivery trucks or teach at school, anything. Um, and so that they could go and, you know, tour around and, and play this beautiful, inspirational worship music. And that was 12 years ago. But today, Micah has won multiple Dove Awards, K-Love Awards. He's got six number one singles, an incredible um, amount of success. And, and this is all because he didn't let fear hold him back as he walked with God. And so I'm so excited because I get to talk to him today and you get to hear more about his journey, but also more about what does it mean to walk free? What does it mean to let God walk with us in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our mistakes, in the midst of, you know, our selfish desires, but just to continue to say, God, I just want you to walk with me. I'm not going to run from you. I'm not going to hide from you. I want to walk with you. And what does God do in response to that? Okay, well, at the end of this conversation, there's going to be no excuse to walk closer to God or to draw closer to Him. <laughs> All right, friends, without further ado, just after this, you're going to hear my conversation with Micah. If you want life-changing freedom in a particular area of your life, then my next guest is for you. Joining me now is Dove Award-nominated Christian recording artist Micah Tyler, author of Walking Free, Small Steps to a Big God. Welcome to 100 Huntley Street, Micah. Hey, so glad to be able to ha come hang out with you virtually here. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be on the program. We're so thankful you're here. Now, Walking Free is such a great book. You know, I've read it. And it really impacted me. And I know it's meant to be a six-week spiritual journey. There are 42 steps in it, you know, about moving closer to God and experiencing freedom in every area of our lives. And you write a lot of great things in the book. But one of the, uh, one of the sentences I love is this, the Christian life is not a checklist, but rather a relationship with the author of freedom. It really hit home for me. And I'm wondering if you can unpack that idea for our viewers a bit. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that, you know, if you have a job to do, um, there's typically a job description that's listed for you. And your job is to make sure that you are checking off those things. And, and maybe you're a mom at home. And listen, my, my wife has to, we've got three kiddos and we've got them ranging all the way from 17 years old, all the way down to nine year old. So like there's a, there, if she is not making sure that everyone's on top of everything on the list and that we're getting everybody to the, to the right piano practice and right soccer practice and, and that we've got homework done and that we've got kids at the place that's supposed to be at and there's a birthday party we got to get a gift for and every those lists can can really dominate our days but what god calls us to is not some sort of a a checklist we were never we were meant to be doers of the word not donters of the word and i think sometimes we confuse that and go okay how can i not mess up today and it's a really hard thing to do it's number one because the, the promise of God, there's a lot of promises in the Bible. One of the promises is in this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. That There is a promise that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so when we accept those things, then all of a sudden the to-do list and the checklist of being a believer, I mean, those things can fall apart so quickly. But the good news is, is that he has called us to, he, he has called us to walk with him. It's never this thing of like, if you can be good enough, then maybe you get there. There's a lot of other religions that say, if you are good enough, if you can do enough good things, if you can work hard enough, if you can achieve enough, then maybe you'll work your way all the way up to wherever their God sits. But our religion, our belief, our, our God 
said, I know that you'll never make it to my level of holiness. You'll never be able to find yourself at the top of where I sit. So I will send my son down to meet you in the muck of the mire. I will meet you in the midst of your broken to-do lists. And I will sit there with you and I'll take these steps with you. And so, yeah, when we wrote the book, it's not this thing of like, all right, here's 42 ways that if you can check off all 42 of these ways, then you're going to love Jesus the most and you're in good shape. It's saying, we invite you in the midst of your battle with cancer. Mm. We invite you in the midst of your broken home. We invite you in the midst of your hurt and your pain and your fear and your shame and your worries. And we say, keep taking steps. Keep trusting Jesus because he's going to hold your hand and he's going to walk and stumble along this road with you. So good, Micah. You know, one of the things you write in the book is that this isn't, you know, a book from you saying this is how you live life, some instruction manual or guide that you've already journeyed through. You're so open that we're just journeying through life right now. And you are. And there are so many challenges and you listed many of them a moment ago. But one of the challenges you've seen unfold in your life personally is your brother, Daniel, who has had a journey through cancer and yet he has this closeness to Jesus that has sustained him. And reading about that in your book was remarkable. Will you share more with us right now? Yeah, so so my, my younger brother, Daniel, uh, is on his third battle with cancer right now. First battle was back in 2017, um, right on the heels of Hurricane Harvey, just destroying so many things in our area. Um, Daniel found out that he had stage four colon cancer. Um, that was quickly told told to us that he had spread from his colon into his stomach lining, into his liver, possibly, and his lungs and his lymph nodes and across his body. And they gave him two years to live. Um, but we were not called to allow the circumstances around us to dictate whether God's promises are true or not. We are to believe that those those promises are just true. They're they're true. Before a single drop of rain falls on my house, they're true before a single diagnosis is placed on his, on his body. Um, it is true the day that he walks in there and they say, hey, it's everywhere. You'll never have kids again. We're going to try and do our best. Maybe we can lengthen your life from here. But the best that we can assume right now is that you'll get two years. They were just as true on that day. They were just as true whenever he starts doing chemo treatments. And we start ripping my little house apart because we had 40 inches of rain on my house in two days. We lost four rooms in the house. So we start ripping boards out of the floor and out of the walls as chemo starts running through his veins and starts tearing up parts of his body and weakening his immune system and making it like his skin is broken out and he's losing it. It's just all this craziness. Um, but God's promises were true that day. And, and I can tell you right now, sitting here on this bus, that God's promises were also just as true the day that we put the last shingle back on the last, uh, you know, board on the wall to make sure that everything was put back together. And it was also true the day that Daniel got to ring the bell because they went for an exploratory surgery and they, they were supposed to look in there and just see if they could remove a few things, had an 18 inch incision across his stomach and just said, we're going to see if we can find anything we can pull out, but it, maybe it'll lengthen your life a little bit. They get inside and the cancer was gone. And, and, and God's promises were just as true on that day as it was before we found out that we were about to take this journey together. But God was with us every single step of the way, and including in 2020, right at the very beginning of the pandemic, whenever all of a sudden he, he goes in for these three-month checkups and they find cancers come back. It was just as true when they went and did surgery and pulled it back out. And it's just as true right now, uh, about six months ago, went in and they, the cancers come back again. And he is now uh, six months into chemo treatments. He's about to start radiation. And he has another big surgery coming up in October um, that he is like trying to prepare his body for right now. And they're trying to 
do things. But again, a promise that God's given us is that in this world, there will be trouble. Like we have to believe that the promises of God are, 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 are true. We're, there's a promise that we're going to fall short and, and that we desperately need Jesus to be the savior that he promises us that he is going to be. And so I, I, I don't love going through hurricanes. I don't love going through cancer, but I love Jesus more because of those things. Mm. So true. And you know, in your book, you unpack the reality that God is not just a promise maker, but he's a promise keeper. And those are the things we have to stand on in these trials of life. Something else in your book that you remark on is that the mountaintop experiences of life are just as important as the valley experiences. And, you know, as you describe this journey that you've been on, your brother Daniel's been on, and we're going to be praying for Daniel, um, you can see that those journeys are going up and down. Why are both so important in our life experiences? One of the greatest gifts that God can give us, and it's a gift that we don't enjoy having is need. The gift of need is very, very precious to the believer because whenever we are standing on top of the mountain, we have an option. We have an opportunity right there to praise God for the beautiful moment that we have with his peace and with his, we feel it, we feel the grace, we just see his power, we see the grandeur, and we can say, oh my gosh, thank you God for this. Or it can give us a false sense of security. We can get up there and just be like, Oh, okay. I did it. I, I made my, I, I found my way to the top of the hill here. And, 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 and all of a sudden we find ourselves in the valley. We can lay down there and say, woe is me. Or we can see what it says in Isaiah, where it says that his arm is not too short to reach us. And his voice is never too faint to cry out, um, to, do, to be heard when we cry out. The thing is, in those moments where we are deep in the valley, we learn that we can rely on Jesus. That we that when we need a savior to save us, he is worth trusting in. And when we're on those mountaintop opportunities, it's an opportunity for us to say, see, see, I, I knew that trusting you was worth it. And the next time we go back down into the valley again, we don't fear the shadows. We don't fear what we can't see. We go into it. Maybe it, it doesn't mean that we can't like go okay, this is about to be hard, yeah. that, that we're about to, to face some struggles here. But we also can say, I don't walk through this alone. I know that you've been there with me. I know that you have kept your promises that whenever, that, that you draw near the brokenhearted, that you walk, that you are closer than a brother, that we can place all of our hope and all of our faith and that you are worth casting our cares on because you care about us. It says in First Peter 5, 7, like, you are that God that I learned to love and need in the valley. And now I'm sitting on top of this mountain. I could appreciate you for being the person who is worth trusting. Mm, so good. And, you know, as you talked just a moment ago, you touched on the topic of fear. And in your book, you know, you, you delve into the freedom God wants for us from things like, you know, addiction or self-hatred or sort of idols we've set up in our life, but also from fear. And the freedom from fear is so key. It's, <clears throat> tell me more. You know, it, there's, 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 we have this God that we cannot see, right? Um, and you, you know what? Fear is another thing that we can't see, but somehow it feels like fear screams a little bit louder sometimes. Um, but just because something makes us, <clears throat> we can't trust the way that we feel. We have to find this solid rock. And fear is always shaky ground. Mm. Fear is not something that we can depend on and rely on. Fear is not something that we can build a house upon. 
Okay. We can't, and some of us try, we make decisions based on fear. We try to build our careers based off of, if I don't do this, I'm scared I'm going to lose this opportunity or whatever. But we serve a God who says that I, perfect love casts out fear. Mm. Perfect love, you can build a life on. Perfect love, you can build a house on. Perfect love, you can build a career path on. I, you know, we will never stand before Jesus one day, you and I both, Lara. We're not going to stand before Jesus and him say, well done, the good and successful TV program host. Well done, the good and successful contemporary Christian artist. And if you're watching at home, well done, that successful mother or teacher or plant worker or, or what fill in the blank of whatever your profession is. Our job, our highest calling is not to be successful. And fear drives us to believe that success is the most important thing for us. But one day our hope is that we'll stand before Jesus and him say, well done done that good and faithful servant and the only thing you can be faithful to is what god puts right in front of you so this fear of like what else could be out there this fear of like if i mess up then whatever that those are all lies that we can't build anything on but if we trust the perfect love of jesus to cast out those fears then that is the place for us to be able to rest our heart up against and be glad that there's a place to be so good. And, and, you know, as we move into a place of freedom from fear, you're right, like our purpose, the understanding of who we truly are, what we are created to do, which is serve God. That's so simple. It comes forward. Um, you know, you touch on this in the book, moving from, a, and this is one of your steps, moving from a place of anxiety to adventure. And we know anxiety is a close friend to fear, but sometimes through life, you know, we make these choices or, or we feel led to, and we're just full of anxiety, but God is calling us to an adventure we can't imagine. And I know you've lived that out with your family. If you'll share a little more about that right now, it's such a neat story um, about how you took a big <clears throat> risk to, uh, to answer God's call in your life. Yeah. So, uh, so when I was 17, I felt the call to go into ministry, became a youth pastor at 18 years old, I had a youth pastor, had a big impact on my life. A little church down the road from where I live needed a youth director and they had seven kids in their youth group. And I was like, I, I, I'd love to try. So at 18 years old, right out of high school, um, I, I became a youth pastor and did youth ministry for a few years. Our little groups were growing. And I was like, now nah, I want to do something to make these nights special for these kids. Like what else could I do? And so I went and bought a guitar, a little cheap guitar and I, I, with a book that said, play the guitar overnight. And I was like, maybe one of these kids could learn to play the guitar. They'll lead a few songs because I'm not musical. No one in my family is musical. Um, no one knew how to play any instruments. And so I, I bought this, this book and hoping that one of these kids would learn how to play it. And, and they didn't. They did not. They were not interested in learning to play the guitar at all. Um, and so I brought it home and for a couple of months was like, I just, I feel like I wasted some of my pizza budget on this guitar. So I just started like strumming around and like figuring out chords and finally got enough bravery to go in there. And I led a few songs for the youth group. Um, and it turned into me just leading songs for them and leading a couple of worship songs. And then, then I would write like a funny song to go along with my message or, or write something serious. like take the Psalms and, and I would put them to music so the kids could memorize scripture better. And I would just do this for a while. And then at 27, after doing youth ministry for nine years, uh, my wife and I had two of our kiddos at the time. We haven't had our third yet. Um, God radically challenged my heart on, on how to be faithful. And it wasn't a success thing. It wasn't this feeling like we need to go into music so that we can have songs on the radio. Um, we didn't have a tour bus picking us up. We didn't have a record deal. We didn't have a, a, a list of tour dates lined up for us to go do. It was this calling, like, if you... If you're going to follow me, here's what faithfulness looks like. And it was us selling over half of what we owned, bought a single wide mobile home trailer, put it on some borrowed land. And I started driving a sausage delivery truck to make ends meet. 
Um, I was a substitute elementary school teacher. I mowed grass for people. Like I just did whatever it took to provide for my family, but also answer this calling that God's given us. And, you know, that was 12 years ago um, this past January. And I look back at that and just go, every time that I thought that I was making a sacrifice, I can now look back and over and over and over again, I see God's faithful hand through the whole thing. It was never this moment where he's like leading us out to a ledge and saying, jump, and I hope it works out for you. Anytime that we felt that we were jumping, he was just holding us the whole time and just walking us along all these things together. And so that really did spurn on the book, too, was like a life of God continually using a knucklehead like me um, to be able to continue to preach the gospel, to continue to be able to walk with him and to know him deeper and deeper every day. Such a great story. And your song, Walking Free, has been a huge hit. And I know it's connected to the book. I love both. Um, Micah, just a question here to to bring it all together for our viewers. Somebody is probably watching right now saying, I don't feel free. And maybe it's an addiction or an unhealthy relationship or it's a self-image issue. It could be anything. What would you say to the person watching right now who says, I want the freedom you're talking about, Micah. I want freedom in an area of my life. I think that no matter if you are deep in the bowels of addiction, um, that you are in your in a relationship that is just really, really fractured and broken. If things that have been horrifically done to you or things that you have horrifically done, you have to understand that your starting point is not some place where it's like, if I can get my life together enough, then maybe I can learn how to follow Jesus. It's not this, if I can clean myself up enough, then maybe I can start this race that's run before us. The beginning of your race is your next step. The, the, the start of this journey of following Jesus is literally the next step that you take. I, I love how scripture talks about breath. Breath is very important. Um, you look back in the book of Genesis, and when God created the heavens and the earth, when God spoke, let there be light, he didn't snap his finger or clap his hand. He used his breath and said, let there be light. And then whenever he started, he created things for days and days. And there's there's Adam laying there. He formed him out of the dirt. He's laying there in the dirt. And what did God do? He breathed his breath into his nostrils and the man rose. He talks and he walks with Adam and Eve as he walks through, like, through, through scripture. And he, he speaks of who he is and he sends breath to the prophets to talk about him. In the book of Ezekiel, there's a, there's a whole valley full of dry bones that God breathes his breath on. They come up as an army to be able to fight. And the, the account of God's breath goes on and on all the way until breath filled the lungs of a baby in Bethlehem that grew in stature and became Jesus who is who is talking and speaking that he is the way and the truth and the life. And as we just celebrated for Easter, there on the cross, his breath were accounted for. As he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. As he says, he's forgiving others and he is saying, it is finished. And then three days later, breath fills the lungs of Jesus. The whole time I've been talking about this, you've been taking breaths. Who put those breaths there? Mm. It's the one who has been breathing life into this world for, for centuries now. And so for you, we have this breath in our lungs. How we use it is an opportunity. You can hold that breath in fear or you can speak and, and confess that I'm afraid. You can use that breath to speak curses to people or you can use it to speak life. And you can use that breath right now and say, I want to walk the next step with Jesus and trust him that whether you are in the valley or on the mountain, that he is holding that breath and he can use it to be able to bring honor and glory to his name. Amen. 
Micah, so powerful. And you know, if you're watching right now and you want to make that next step for Jesus, you can call our prayer partners at 1-866-273-4444. Someone will be there to pray with you, help you understand who Jesus is, how much you're loved, and bring you to that place of freedom uh, that God just wants to keep increasing in your life. Micah, your book, Walking Free, is so powerful. And this conversation with you today was equally powerful. Thank you for being with us. Thank you guys so much. Wow, what a conversation. And you know, Micah is such an on fire follower of Jesus. It is so inspiring to hear him share and talk. And you can just hear that he is living out what the Bible says. Um, you know, not in perfection, but just living it out, walking day by day and uh, really experiencing God's presence in his life through the ups and downs and the trials and and you know the struggle with his brother Daniel and his health issues Micah has really pressed into his relationship with God no matter what and you know I love that Micah says this this is one of the best things I just heard him say your starting point is not about getting your life together or cleaning yourself up the start is your next step God breathes his breath all through the Bible until he breathed his breath into Jesus, who put your breaths right there in you. And you know, it's amazing when you think about that. You don't have to change before you go to Jesus. Jesus met so many people in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their sin, and he wants to meet you right now, right there, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what choices you've made, no matter how dark and dim you think your heart is, God loves you and he is calling your name. Well, I'm so excited right now that you can make that decision to follow Jesus even in this moment. You can start walking towards God. Today's the day. There is no other day like today. This very moment you're in could change your life. And so if you want to follow Jesus right now, it's as simple as this, Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me for the things I've done. Please heal me for the, from the things that have happened to me. I want to live for you. I want to walk towards you. I want the freedom you offer. Please be with me and lead me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, you know, that's a simple prayer. And if you need to pray it again, if you didn't quite pray it with me, please just rewind and um, go back and pray it. And if you did pray that prayer, please call our prayer lines, 1-866-273-4444. And I'm going to give you that number again, 1-866-273-4444. Now, when you call that prayer line, there's going to be someone there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can tell them about the decision you just made. You know, and maybe you're a longtime believer and follower of Jesus, but you haven't been walking towards God. You haven't been stepping closer because there's things in your life that are holding you back and you're too ashamed or you're full of fear or you just don't think it's time. But those prayer partners are there to pray for you in that situation as well because you are meant to walk with God. Every human being is created and designed for that purpose, to walk with God into the purposes he's called them into for their life. You know, every hair on your head and every day in your life has been numbered by God. He knows who you are. He knows what you are capable of, gifted to do, called to do. He knows what the purpose is for your life. 
And so it's really exciting. A big purpose God has for all of us is to walk with him and to walk in freedom with him. That freedom is found in just knowing that we are covered by the love of God and the grace of Jesus. And the more we understand that freedom, the more we live out that freedom. And we find freedom from things that are holding us back. And so that's why it's so important to keep walking towards God, no matter what you're going through and no matter where you feel you're at. God wants to take you by the hand and walk you forward and out of things and into new things. Well, my friend, I am so thankful you were listening today, and I'm so thankful for this time of connection. Thankful for my guest, Micah Tyler. What a blessing. Well, God bless you, and until next time, bye for now. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.